a.m. to 8 p.m. daily. The best way to get you going. This is VOC Breakfast with Gulam Fakir and Sabira Sheikh Yassar. Only on the voice of the Cape. 13 minutes after 7 a.m. is where we're at this morning. If you've just joined us, welcome into it. VOC Breakfast is where you're at. Now we move along to our next feature. Over the past few weeks, we've seen um, various health authorities, doctors, as well as interested parties lodging complaints or, you know, um, applications with the South African Health Products Regulatory Authority um, seeking permission for ivermectin to be prescribed for patients suffering with COVID-19. Now the application comes as reports of the drug's alleged availability on the black market for anything from 100 to 200 rand per capsule that has emerged. But of course, we wanted to unpack this further. And joining us online this morning is Dr. Jakub Isak, the co-chair of the Ivermectin Interest Group. Dr. Salaamu Alaikum, good morning and thank you so much for joining us. Wa alaikum salam wa and thank you for having me. It's only a pleasure. Perhaps if we could start off the conversation by understanding exactly who or what is the Ivermectin Interest Group. The Ivermectin Interest Group is a group of doctors and academics and public health specialists who've got together to try and find a way through this Ivermectin debate. We believe that in a pandemic situation at the moment with a drug that is showing some kind of promise should be allowed to have some use, uh, especially in a resource-limited country like ours where uh, we do not have access to the potent drugs and expensive drugs like remdesivir and doxyluzumab, who have not really shown that kind of uh, results that were expected initially. And with the ivermectin showing some kind of promise report, we must look through the uh, the maze of uh, information that's coming through, both on the uh, side where uh, some people believe that it's a wonder drug and a, and a silver bullet, and also others that are completely skeptical about it. So we want to find the science through it, and find uh, a pathway to say, look, it, it can it be used as an add-on drug, and what are its benefits? And if it can, then why not add it, but not as a replacement as such? Because obviously uh, mounting evidence is coming through, pointing in that direction, but uh, we need to be careful how we use uh, this particular drug. Mm. Now, of course, um, last week we had spoken to Sapra, and I think our listeners would recall, Doc, that um, you know one of the comments that were made by Sapra as well as by um, another expert, Dr. Mark Blockman, was that no clinicians have come forward thus far in terms of you know wanting to put this on an actual trial. In terms of your research and understanding, what exactly is going on with regards to perhaps trialing ivermectin for the treatment of COVID-19? Well, basically, we have submitted our submission to uh, uh, SAPRA on the 15th of January. We received a response on the 18th uh, with a few more questions, and SAPRA indicated that they would uh, look at uh, Dr. Andrew Hill's meta-analysis more closely when it comes out as a preprint, uh, and would then make a decision and wanted a few more questions answered. Those questions were answered on uh, Thursday the 21st and Friday 22nd, Dr. Hill's meta-analysis has been submitted. So we await SAPRA's urgent response. We are appealing to them to look at this not in the context of a scenario where uh, long-term long, uh, random clinical trials can be done and we can wait uh, for information uh, over months and, and years. This is a pandemic situation and they've got to look at the emergency use. Uh, evidence is pointing in the direction 
that there is definite benefit. And as new data comes through, uh, that can be uh, looked at. But right now, if it's done under the supervision of medical practitioners uh, and and, uh, circumvent the black market uh, use of this, which is unsupervised and, again, economic manipulation and exploitation taking place. So we're looking at a very balanced approach, and we're hoping that SAPRA and the authorities can see it in that light. Mm. Now, just in terms of generally, you know, we know that ivermectin, you know, has been okay for use in the treatment of, you know, parasites, etc. But just in terms of, of ivermectin itself, is it something that's known as a safe drug, perhaps, with regards to perhaps side effects, etc.? Look, it's been used for about 40 years for parasite infections and in humans. There's over 3 billion doses that have been given. So at the doses that are currently being recommended, uh, those, uh, the safety profile is well known. There haven't been many issues. I know there is a move in certain medical circles to state that very much uh, or much higher doses will be required and that the safety of those higher doses are unknown. So while acknowledging that, we are currently recommending that we go with the doses that have been proven to be safe. And then uh, further studies can be done at higher doses. But there's no reason to uh, claim that the safety is unusual or not in keeping with any other drug that is being used for COVID-19 at this point in time. Now, Doc, we've seen, you know, many videos go viral of individuals who have taken the onus upon themselves to self-treat themselves or self-medicate, and they have been using ivermectin. In, the, in terms of the way ivermectin is dispensed, and you mentioned doses, you know, um, should it come into play that it is okay for use in the treatment of COVID-19? You know, in what form will people be taking it? I think in quite a few videos we had seen that it was basically dropped under the tongue in the form of a liquid form. How is it used? So this is the point. You see, the uh, Frontline Clinical Care Alliance in the United States, headed by Dr. Paul Marek and uh, Pierre Crotty, have stated and have gone out and have a protocol, and they've presented that to the Senate, that uh, it has to be done under supervision. There are recommended doses and guidelines and protocols, and those particular protocols and doses can only be followed if it is legalized and then it's done under the supervision of medical practitioners. So the videos that are going around, people are desperate. You must understand people are extremely desperate. So they're using whatever they can grab their hands onto. And we need to control this and do this in a proper way as we would do with any other medical intervention. Okay. Now, um, also, uh, doctors, very quickly before we before we wrap up, many or, many other organisations have also come in support and the call, um, you know, for ivermectin to sort of be approved here in South Africa as well for human consumption. Um, but then also they've uh, they've made a call for SAPRA to review and approve and approve Section Twenty One. What do, what exactly does this mean? Well, Section Twenty One is. A, a, a mechanism by which an off-label use can be done. So ivermectin originally was uh, indicated for parasitic infections, and now evidence is pointing to the fact that it may have antiviral properties and anti-inflammatory properties. So COVID-19 being a virus, so that's where we're looking at it, and COVID-19 causes huge inflammation. So we're asking for off-label use, special permission as an emergency scenario, uh, and, and that's what Section 21 means. Now, Doc, for those uh, health practitioners, health personnel that are for ivermectin, that are lobbying for ivermectin, you know, within the industry or the health fraternity, has there been any pressure on yourselves? No. The thing is, look, what we're saying is uh, if 
it's allowed under the conditions uh, that we have suggested, then uh, that should uh, uh, kind of circumvent both sides of the equation. Those that are pushing for it to say, look, it's the only thing that's going to work. So we, we have to understand that that's not been proven. And on the other spectrum, and they're saying that it doesn't work at all, but there are many other drugs that are being used currently that were supposed to have worked but have not shown the benefit. So why can't this be given a chance? Mm. And perhaps just clarifying your, your stance on the use of ivermectin, that you know it's not something as if to say you are opposing the vaccine? Not at all, because, mm-hmm. look, the vaccine is the ultimate uh, uh, intervention that will stop the pandemic in terms of creating herd immunity. So this is not a replacement to the vaccine at all. And it's more an add-on and, and really emergency use now while we're waiting for the vaccine uh, to, to arrive in our country. And we also don't know what reach the vaccine is going to have and how long it will take to, to vaccinate at least 70% of the people in this country to, to get the herd immunity. So this is not a, a replacement and it's not an anti-vaccine move at all, no. Mm-hmm. And then finally, would you care to comment, you know, for those that have been using ivermectin in private, um, they've been self-medicating, what are your comments around this in terms of the responsibility, um, you know, that those have that perhaps, you know, when you are afflicted with COVID-19, I can, I would imagine, you know, you would go through any lengths to sort of cure yourself. Your comments around that? Well, basically, at the moment, ivermectin is illegal in this country. SAPRA doesn't allow it. So I cannot comment on its use at this point. Those that have had access to it, they'll have to obviously take responsibility in its use, both whether they're doing it in their private capacities or with assistance from whoever. But we're hoping that uh, it becomes legalized as soon as possible so that we can then use it uh, appropriately. Well, Dr. Jakub Isak, we thank you for your time and for sharing with us on the matter of ivermectin. Uh, we do appreciate your time this morning. That was the co-chair of the Ivermectin Interest Group, Dr. Jakub Isak, speaking to us this morning.